Wednesday edition. Welcome in, everybody. How you doing? Hope everything's good. Mike Steely, Parker Thune here in the Brown O'Haver studios on your Wednesday high noon. Steelman and Thune at noon. Hour number one presented by Lasher Home Comfort Systems here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Parker, how we doing here on a Wednesday? Uh, different kind of week with no Sooner football, obviously, coming up this weekend. How's your Wednesday going? Well, Steely, I tell you what. It's a busy week. Even with no football, there's a lot happening. Obviously, you got portal entrance, inbound and outbound. We just saw Theo Weiss make it official. Yep, yep. He's in the portal. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Mukes, Mukes entered the portal yesterday afternoon or announced that he was going to enter the portal. Uh, and there will be others this week. There will be others. What are we setting the over and under for Sooner Departees at? I would. I'm going to go eight. I was. I was going to say eight point five. Eight and a half for yep. you. All right. You want to go at eight five? Are you? T- are you taking the over or the under? Um, I'm going to take the over. As would I. Because I think in this day and age in college football, look, uh, I think a lot of those kids over there are bought in with Brent, but not every one of them, and they may be somewhat bought in with Brent, or they might even be totally bought in with Brent, but they're not bought in with the system that is going to be the best for them. And that's what we're seeing right now in college football. That's absolutely. So right now, uh, as far as uh, departures for Oklahoma, Theo Weiss made it official. You saw the Snapchat video that everybody had a, uh, uh, you know, snapped a photo of. Uh, so we knew that was going to happen. The speculation is uh, more than likely he would wind up with Muleshoe out at Southern Cal. We'll see. Jo- don't know what's going to happen with Jordan Mukes yet, do we? Is there speculation there? But those two are gone. And the Sooners are adding uh, Jacob Lacey. That is correct. That is the one portal addition that they have made thus far, Notre Dame graduate transfer Jacob Lacey. But here's here's what everybody needs to remember with regard to Weiss, because we had plenty of people texting asking yesterday, why on earth would he go to USC? Well, the reason is, you know, you know part of the reason that Theo Weiss returned to Oklahoma after entering the portal at the conclusion of the 2021 season? It was because Caleb Williams... Talked him into it. Caleb Williams was instrumental in Theo Weiss's decision to return to Oklahoma. Was that because Caleb was still thinking about coming back to Oklahoma? Or? Yeah, I mean, that was that was a possibility that was very much on the table at that point because Weiss entered the portal, as I recall, in early December. And, of course, it wasn't till, gosh, it wasn't till early February that Caleb committed to it Mule took forever USC. it felt like it took forever and then later of course I, I, I don't know if this is revisionist history or not but uh, Carl Jr. Carl Williams came out and said basically well Oklahoma just decided to move on basically like really okay you think your son couldn't have beat out Dylan Gabriel and and I like Dylan Gabriel I think he's a I think he's a solid college quarterback but he's not Caleb Williams and there, there aren't many out there who are Caleb Williams no, there isn't one out there that there, is there isn't I mean barring a complete absolute meltdown against Oregon in Las Vegas in the Pac-12 championship game Friday night Caleb Williams is going to be standing with that statue at the downtown athletic club for USC and then will that tie USC I think that gives with, them the lead if you count Reggie Bush though right no I think Reggie Bush is I think that's the reason why they don't have the outright lead in Heisman. So they're right still now. tied with seven, right? I think and it's that's USC, without Reggie Bush. I think it's Notre, USC, Dame, Notre Dame, and OU that all yeah. have seven. If my memory serves me correctly. How many more ways can I despise USC? Not many. I don't think I can. You want to list the ways? 
It might take it, it might take two shows to do that. It might take two shows. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I don't like USC. But um, I, I will say there was a text at the end of the Plank Show, by the way, and uh, somebody would say, will you please tell these OU fans to settle down, dogging these kids who are leaving? I agree with that. Look, in this day and age of social media, you're never going to, you know, say that to somebody who responds, you know, to a lot of tweets like that and convince them that, you know, to stop doing it. But it's a bad overall look for OU fans. Now, if you want to get mad at a coach, uh, you know, for what Muleshoe did, and look, that got down and dirty, and, I, you know, I've been a big part of that. I'll sit here and take my share of the responsibility. But for the kids, I think it's a bad look, man. I think it's a really bad look because guess what? Other recruits watch that stuff. Now, you know, I'm not saying that DJ Hicks would look at that and say, you know what, I was going to Oklahoma, I love the coaches, and, uh, you know, this A&M situation, maybe it's not going to work out. But, man, those those uh, fans, I'm telling you. Look, if you're the fan bases of just about every blue blood, you're going to have fans like that. That's, that's humanity. That's what it's all about. You're never going to change that. But I do think, you know, if enough of that goes around, it's not a good look if you want to get some of these recruits. you agree with that, or am I overreaching here, Parker? I... I Here's what I will say. I think as Oklahoma prepares to close things out this cycle, everything matters. And everything matters all the more so than it did before because recruiting is so much more fluid than it's ever been. I retweeted a tweet yesterday uh, from a guy I've gotten to know pretty well in the recruiting industry, EJ Holland, who covers Michigan uh, for On3. Big Oklahoma fan, by the way. SMU alum, but big Oklahoma fan, EJ Holland. And this was the tweet from him. NIL has made recruiting tough to cover slash follow. Recruiting has always been fluid, but this is just nuts. What is true one minute can be completely wrong the next. And that's a pretty good summary of where we stand as it pertains to recruiting. There are a million different ways that things can change and a million different ways that things do change, but... At the end of the day, the vast majority of those ways all revolve around the almighty dollar, right? And so if there's one thing you have to be cognizant of, especially with somebody like DJ Hicks, right, it's anything pertaining to the zeal for money and the amount of money that is on the table for a kid like that. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And again, I don't think it's an overwhelming factor. And again, if some kid looks at what the fan base is saying is, no, oh, man, I don't want to deal with that. Maybe you don't want that kid anyway. From the 580, Oklahoma uh, isn't the only fan base that's doing that. I Look, I agree. Like I said, just about every Blue Blood program is going to have those irate fans who respond to anything they perceive to be negative. Uh, you know, that's just kind of the way it goes. But, you know, my parents told me back in the day, just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean you have to do it, right? Yeah. Well, and kind of and what I'm getting at more so than anything else is there are a lot of things that affect the arc of a recruitment. I think social media is low on that list. Well, that's good just to because, know. At, and like several of those textures pointed out, there are idiots everywhere. And... There are haters everywhere. So regardless of which fan, like, here's the thing. You don't even have to be committed. You don't even have to decommit. There doesn't even have to be a situation where it 
makes sense in some universe for a certain contingent of uh, a certain college football fan base to hate you, people will find a way to hate you. Yeah, no right. doubt. And we've talked about this. There's so many great things about social media. You know, I, I thought Twitter was going away, you know, with the Musk takeover for a while. I, actually, I didn't think it was going away, but there were rumors that it might go away. And I'm like, man, I need... I need Twitter because for me it's a news service more than anything else. I don't tweet a whole lot. I'll tweet a little bit here and there, but I look at it a lot. I look at it all the time, and it's mainly for recruiting stuff and sports stuff, some music stuff and some other things, no politics for me at all. I hate that, but I would miss it if it went away. But social media has also shown us, man, there are a lot more idiots out there than we imagined. We knew there was a, a certain amount of idiocy out there but there is a lot more idiots out there than we ever imagined which is very frightening i mean we might be up to 30 percent idiots or higher i don't know about all that i don't know i'm going we're, we're, i'm going 31 percent idiots no we're maxing out at 10 percent idiots i'm not the just, idi- I'm just talking about everything not just football i know i know i know but you got to keep in mind The idiots make a disproportionate amount of the noise. Because they're the ones who usually either aren't employed and have a bunch of time to sit around and do this stuff, right? I mean, that's a a generalization. I get it. But a lot of them are like that. By the way, Gunny of Stutzman Army wanted to bring to your attention his tweet last night, which was, I hate Muleshoe. I hope all the bad things in the world happen to him and him alone. Okay, well, I, that I approve of. That's that's a coach. That's an adult. All right, uh, by the way, Oklahoma just finished 6-6. Six and six. Bob Stoops yesterday on the rush on every Tuesday. Uh, you know, some good stuff again from the former Sooner head coach, national champion, talking about, you know what, right now, he knows it's, uh, he knows it's rough for Oklahoma fans, but he's still a believer. I'm optimistic about all of it. I, I'm not like fans, and I, I understand people's concern, and we're not used to being 6-6. Six and six. So take it all the right way. I'm, I believe totally in Brent and his staff. I'm, I'm aware of how we lose. Uh, we lost our last, the last three games we lost were by three points. And I think all of them maybe on the last drive. Uh, well, this one, last one tied it up and then they ended up, you know, kicking a field goal. And I thought ours was good, but I, you know, I, I haven't seen enough about that. To know, but um, I was celebrating when it went over, and it's like, oh, it, they called it no good. But regardless of that, I'm never going to overreact. I'm going to always, how, how close are we? And we're pretty close. And I get, as a coach, and I get it, I, I would say, as Brent has said, we have to be a better as players and as coaches to make those two, three plays that change the game. So I'm not saying no one's taking responsibility, and it's okay. What I'm saying is it's not that far off. And I know the, that dedication, the commitment of these coaches, that we'll get it right. Um, you know, they'll, we'll be able to make those two, three plays overall in a game that all to stop at the end of the game that wins it. There you go, Bob Stoops on the rush yesterday. That is our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a brand-new Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics do the very best in treating orthopedic and uh, sports medicine injuries. Ortho Central clip of the day.
here on The Ref. All right, we have uh, T.J. Eckert's going to join us, talk a little college football. Uh, the college football uh, rankings are out, no real surprise at all. Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU 3, USC 4. What's going to happen if TCU loses to Kansas State? We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, again, T.J. Eckert at 135. All of your texts rolling in on the Air Cover Solutions text line. We will talk recruiting when we get back as well. 405 651-3439. We'll be right back here on The Ref. Steelman and Thune here on a Wednesday, home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Opening hour, as always, brought to you by Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. They'll do great work for you. You need that uh, furnace, that uh, heating system uh, tuned up right now. Give Tim Lasher and his great company a call, 405-579-3113. So, uh, Theo Weiss officially in the portal. That happened about an hour ago. We knew that was coming. Jordan Mukes uh, made his announcement yesterday. He's headed to the portal. So a wide receiver and a defensive back for the Sooners already in the portal. All right, uh, sports scene tonight, Thunder basketball, 7 o'clock against San Antonio at the Paycom Center. The OU women will play Northwestern State of Louisiana tonight at 6 o'clock. ESPN Plus game from the Lloyd Noble Center. The Sooner men will play Saturday uh, at 11.30 a.m. on CBS at the Wells Fargo Center in Philly against 2-5 and five Villanova. You have Thursday night football happening tomorrow night. Bills and the Patriots on Prime Video. And uh, next up for Team USA at the World Cup, 8 a.m. kick against the Netherlands Saturday on Fox in the knockout stage at the World Cup. All right, 405-651-3439. By the way, all of our World Cup updates brought to you by all American Roofing. Team USA and the Netherlands next up. All right, again, 405-651-3439. Keep hitting us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Um, all right, right now somebody uh, wanted me to ask you, percentage chance these guys wind up at the University of Oklahoma. Let's oh do it again. It happens every day. Let's start out with Peyton Bowen. Percentage chance winds up at 75%. OU. 75%. Uh, Tassili Akana. 60%. Damian Sanford. No comment. Sir, you're under oath. <sighs> 40%. 40%. DJ Hicks. 40%. All right. Is A&M trying to sweeten the pot again? A&M's, oh, you know they are. Like, A&M's hanging on for dear life A&M there, right? Needs something. They need anything. You're starting to see the portal exodus. Daryl Dickey just got fired as offensive coordinator, which I he was offensive coordinator in title only because Jimbo was the one calling the plays. 
But not only that, they're coming off a five and seven season. It's bad, man. It's bad, and we've talked about how bad it is. A&M needs something. They need something to hold on to, and right now that something is DJ Hicks. Yeah, yeah, I get it. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. All right, uh, yeah, talk about uh, from the 316. Can Parker talk about how the in-home with Ohio State is not a recruiting violation? You saw the uh, the picture that came out. It was last night, right? Yeah, there was a bunch of discourse about that on social media. And, look, compliance as far as it pertains to recruiting is – it's tricky to say the very least Uh, here is the tweet from luke montgomery the prospect whom the buckeye staff visited yesterday he said i'm an early enrollee that has paid for admission and is a buckeye now it's not against ncaa protocol so there you go yeah i would think that at a place like ohio state compliance that would have been uh you know looked at and they would have run by run yeah, that exactly. by compliance i mean ohio state says let's go visit a kid man and take let's release a picture yeah and it was ryan day the head mm-hmm. coach right. they're not booking a flight booking a whole trip for the head coach to do an in-home visit with a kid that constitutes one enormous recruiting violation you know who hated compliance uh, there are a lot of people that hate compliance. Well, clearly. yes, but you know who really hated compliance? Who really hated Mule compliance? Mule Yes, that's true. Because he couldn't bend the rules. He's a rule bender. I still want the cage match with he and Pat Narduzzi. I'll take Narduzzi in 30 seconds. As would most. Yeah. How, how many how many FBS head coaches do you think there are that Mule Shoe could beat in a cage match? We need to seed mm. all 131 FBS head coaches once the carousel is done spinning. P.J. Fleck, maybe. P.J. Fleck would be up there. Uh, I'm trying to think. Who's a really physically imposing coach? Who would be the number one seed in the FBS? Oh, man, that's a good question. Mario Cristobal? I was he just be, yeah, Mario yeah, be looks up there. Like, yeah, yeah. Mario is a force to be reckoned with. Nick Saban would be like, he's Nick Saban would be one of those guys that's like a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. It's not going to overpower mm, you, but yeah. he's scrappy enough that he'll just wear you down. No doubt, he'd be very, very scrappy, Nick Saban. Brett Bielema says Oklahoma Johnny, that's a good one. Uh, Cristobal Marcus. Oh, Freeman. Ma- Ma- Marcus Freeman, yeah. yeah. Marcus Freeman. I don't know. Four hundred five says that Fleck would thrash Mule Shoe. Yes, he would. You think so? Oh, yes, absolutely. Didn't P.J. Fleck play in the NFL? Did he? I thought he did. I don't know. If only very briefly. Really? Yes. How big is is P.J. Fleck? I don't know. Mel Tucker, yes, Mel Tucker, easily. I want to say P.J. Fleck very briefly (laughs) played in the NFL as a wide receiver. This has already deviated into how many head coaches could kick Mule Shoe's ass on the Air Comfort Solutions tax line? (laughs) And one listener said Jay Valai would destroy him. <laughs> yeah, Jay Valai is not very tall, but that's a muscular man right there. As a Mule Shoe would be the kind of guy though would bring out the foreign object. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Okay, like so- the wrestling heel, just when he's about to get pinned, he's got like some kind of shiv or something like that. Here you go. PJ Fleck played one season 
with the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, he'd take me. He had one career tackle and one career punt return for 10 yards. Okay, yeah. Yes, anyone that played and uh, anybody that played NFL football is obviously a heavy favorite over Muleshoe. I would agree. Have I seen, would agree. Have you seen photos of Muleshoe from the tech days? They're Gumby-esque. Well, I, I've seen the Muleshoe photos back in the era where the shoulder pads were, like, gigantic, you know. It's so weird to watch the uh, or see old pictures of how big shoulder pads used to be, you know, and they used to have knee pads that actually covered kneecaps and everything. Kalani Sataki would be a number one seed. <laughs> I'd agree with that. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald. Somebody said Bill Snyder could still take Muleshoe. Dan in uh, Madison says that Saban is 5'5". Five, five. Yes, he'd be a 15 seed, but he'd be a very scrappy. Saban is tiny. He is. But I'm telling you, he would fight and scratch and claw to the death, and he would definitely take Muleshoe. There is no doubt. Mullet man one-handed push-up Gundy would take down Tebow, says one listener. <laughs> this is the kind of content I love from the ref. <laughs> Clearwater Sooner said, Joe Paterno would still whip mule shoe today. Joe Pa, man. You talk about a fall from grace. <laughs> Somebody said Sark could down a couple and still <laughs> kick Tebow's derriere. You know, the ultimate uh, battle would be if Tom Herman gets a head coaching job again. Tom Herman versus Muleshoe. Oh, man, that would or be Or Brian something. Kelly. I mean, you talk about two of the most hated men in college football. Saban would sweep the leg, no <laughs> doubt. Somebody said Leach took one look at Muleshoe and said, um, how about student coaching, son? You know what? That, and I remember Holgerson talking about it. He's like, I told him this guy can't play. <laughs> you know how Holgerson is. Uh, Luke, He's coaching his derriere off, though, man. He, I mean, you can't say he hasn't done an unbelievable job so far. Now, it helps when you have the best quarterback in America, of course. Muleshoe has been gifted. He was silver-plattered the OU job and silver-plattered a couple quarterbacks and, uh, you know, he's just one of those guys that you look at like, how does this guy get everything handed to him? Oh, man. Somebody said Luke Fickle for sure, three-time state wrestling champion. Oh, you don't want to mess. seven Rose Bowl with you, a torn pack. You don't want to Ooh, mess boy. with a wrestler. You do not want to mess with a wrestler. No, you do not. Ever. Uh, John Arnold said Mark Mangino would literally eat him. Lane Kiffin against Muleshoe. I, I would take uh, – I would definitely – you know, Kyle Whittingham. Yeah. Kyle Whittingham's like 60 years old, though, isn't he? But I still, he'd still take Muleshoe. <laughs> this has devolved rapidly. Neil Brown looks like someone that would bite in a fight. Is Neil Brown still employed? <laughs> he's still employed. And the word this morning is he's going to be employed next season really? at West Virginia. Because they just changed athletic directors. I know. And you think when they change an AD that you have no shot. Yeah, but apparently the new AD wants to see a year from Neil Brown before there he figures go. out what the... He seems like a, a really likable guy when I watch him in his press conferences and stuff. He seems like a really yeah, he just looks like dude. a Lego minifigure. A little bit, yeah. The, the, the hairstyle is right out of Fantastic Sam's, there's no doubt. But he seems like a good dude. Patty Gasso would destroy now, Mule Shoe. Patty Gasso destroys everything in her path that doesn't wear an Oklahoma uniform. You're right. <laughs> Seth Luttrell, somebody said Matt Rule would kill him. Ed Orgeron, if he were still in the head coaching ranks. Clearwater Center says Patty Gasso would kill him. 
Clearwater, you are you have a clear mind, clearly. <laughs> Stoops would have motive, said one of the listeners. Hey, I wouldn't bet against Bob Stoops back in the day in any scrap. The Stoops brothers, man, you grow up in rough and tumble Youngstown, Ohio, and you're stu- with a band of brothers like that. You think there wasn't some wrestling and some pillow? Well, not you know, only some, that, but some, you're starting as a true freshman on the defensive side of the ball at the University of Iowa. Yeah, yeah, that's I, how you know I, you're hey, tough. You think you think the toughness didn't uh, carry over to Drake? He's one of the toughest kids we've seen play at Oklahoma in a long time. No doubt, man. Somebody said Nancy Lieberman would mop the floor. Oh, man. All right, we should get to a what break. A time. We've devolved already. That's all right. I, I like him, though. Yeah, yeah, I like him. All right, 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. The Sooners could still end up with, like, a if all the dominoes fall, Bowen, Hicks, Sanford, Akana, if all the dominoes fall, Oklahoma would probably finish like three or four, right? Uh, two or three, I would say. They could get as high as two. That would be nice. Sooner Nation needs some good news. All right, stay with us. More of your texts on the way next here on The Ref. There you go. Can't go wrong there. The voice of a generation right there. Kurt Cobain. Part of the 27 Club. wonder if he's hanging out with Mr. Mojo Rising right now, Jim Morrison. Good chance. Maybe Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin. Who knows? All right. Uh, by the way, one of my favorite places in the world, ladies and gentlemen, is Riverwind Casino because they have over 2,800 electronic games, all of your favorite table games. They have a great poker room. They have the best promotions. You've got uh, some coming up in December that will start at midnight, including the 20K Holidays on Us where you can win a grand prize Bundle for playing on specific gaming machines. Tell you more about that tomorrow. Ten patrons are going to win a share of 20K in the Holidays on Us promotion and the 10K Mistletoe Mania promotion begins uh, again at midnight tonight. It'll be on Thursdays and uh, also on Mondays, Mondays and Thursdays in December. Random hot seat drawings will be held for a total of $10,000 in chips. 
And uh, those $10,000 in chips, again, given away in the 10K Mistletoe Mania promotion. New member seven, new patrons who sign up for a wild card can earn up to $450 in one day. Riverwind, the renovation, they're getting close, getting close to uh, getting it all taken care of. But, man, what looks uh, renovated right now looks unbelievable because they have uh, already finished some of the areas, most of the areas, as a matter of fact, but it looks incredible. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Also the sponsor of our hotline, the Riverwind Casino Hotline, 405-329-9000. College football playoff rankings, then we'll get back to the text line. So, all right, Georgia and Michigan are locks, right? TCU loses to Kansas State. I mean, Ohio State is going to be the the first team looked at, even though they're not going to be a conference champion. Um, I would say only Ohio State and Alabama have shots, depending on what happens with TCU and USC this weekend. Tennessee, I know people will say, well, Tennessee beat Alabama, but don't you think the fact that Hendon Hooker's outs also plays a role in how the committee would look at that. Um, But TCU, you know, Michigan is – TCU would suffer its first loss, obviously, if they lose to Kansas State. Michigan, let's say Purdue upsets Michigan. Michigan's still probably going to get in, right? TCU loses to K-State. They're out. They're out. Michigan would lose to an unranked Purdue Boilermakers squad. If TCU loses, they would lose to the 10th-ranked team in the ratings, the Kansas State Wildcats. George is playing number 14, LSU. USC is playing number 11, Utah. So, again, TCU, if they lose, they would lose to a ranked Kansas State team, number 10 in the rankings. Michigan loses, again, because they're second to unranked Purdue. Michigan probably still goes, right? It's all about helmet logo. If, uh, If that's Oklahoma or Texas sitting there undefeated playing in the Big 12 championship game, they probably hang in there, right? Or do you think do you think TCU is done if they lose to Kansas State? Right right now. 90% chance? I feel like there are three teams. No, I don't think TCU is done if they lose to Kansas State. Right now, I think there are three teams that are in win or lose this Saturday, and that would be Georgia, Michigan, and TCU. Do you really? Because, uh, because of how highly rated K-State is or – I mean, they uh, Ohio well, State I should, wouldn't. I, t- so TC, I shouldn't say TCU is definitely in win or lose because I think there's a circumstance. Like, say K State just blows the doors off them, then obviously I think you're going to elevate Ohio State to that fourth spot, uh, just based on the fact that. Um, I, I lost my train of thought here as I started to think about USC. Dang it, Mule Shoe! But uh, just based on the fact that Ohio State's alone losses to mm-hmm. Michigan. Uh, that Michigan loss probably looks a little better on the resume than a loss to Kansas State. Right. So, you know, at what? that point, I can see TCU falling out. But Parker, I kind of like the matchups right now. If they hold, uh, I kind of like Georgia SC. I want to see Georgia's defense against USC. Now, obviously, USC, oh, would, wouldn't we all love to see now, Georgia's defense don't get me against USU? I would also love to see Utah get it done again against SC. But I think in game number two that SC. Um, would be not sure how much you believe it, but the ESPN playoff predictor has TCU in no matter if they win or lose. Yeah, I don't know. That's, you know, you get humans involved. It's a lot different, though. 
Um, but what about Georgia, USC, Michigan, TCU? That's a pretty decent semifinal, two good semifinals right there. And I don't know. I'm a little bit tired of Ohio State and Alabama. I'm a lot of bit tired of Ohio State and Alabama. Yeah, understandably so. Understandably so. We're not getting Alabama in the playoff. I can assure you of that. There's not a circumstance in which Alabama makes the playoff. There is not. Um, I think we're basically exactly where we have been each of the last who knows how many years, the week before the final playoff rankings. We have five teams for four spots. And generally, this thing all takes care of itself on championship Saturday. And I don't doubt that it will. Now, does that mean... Or Friday for USC, of course. Well, sure. Yeah. Does that mean TCU loses and Ohio State sneaks in? It might. Does that mean... Or, I'm sorry, USC loses and Ohio State sneaks in? It might. Uh, does that mean... Man, that, that really would be just the easiest scenario. Utah beats USC. At that point, TCU's in win or lose. And you got Ohio State as team number four. So... Mule Shoe should just do us all a favor, or rather, former prized Oklahoma quarterback commit Cam Rising should just do us all a favor and topple Mule Shoe on Friday night. So that come Saturday, we don't even need to speculate on all what right, the picture that. looks like. I'm all for if USC a Mule loses, Shoe toppling, no doubt. Those if are fun. USC loses on Friday night, we know what the playoff field is. We know. Ohio State replaces USC? Correct. And you still think TCU win or lose? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I think TCU would drop to four in that circumstance. Yeah. But I'd be all for USC that. can make this very easy for all of us by simply losing. Here is my concern. What is your Here concern? Here is my concern. Sooner fans have been living a nightmare. The team just went six and six, which is unacceptable at Oklahoma. Sure. And so many games that Oklahoma could have put in the win column that they did not, didn't make the plays to get the job done, or else they could have been like 9-3. and three. At least they should have been 8-4, and four, no doubt. I think they should have beaten West Virginia, and they definitely should have beaten Texas Tech. But they didn't get it done. Not only that, they see Alex Grinch getting turnovers when he couldn't get one at Oklahoma to save his life. They see Mule Shoe, you know, this team coming together and actually developing some chemistry at USC. So much of it built on the portal. Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman Trophy. And we all think, oh, you know what? They play Georgia. Georgia's going to destroy them. No doubt. How many times have we thought, okay, this is the week? There's only been one time, and that was because Kyle Whittingham and Utah went for two. They got it done. But how could the Oklahoma season get worse? The experience for Oklahoma fans? I'm not ruling out Mule Shoe somehow weaseling into a title because it seems like that kind of year. And at that point, I drive my vehicle into Lake Thunderbird with myself in it. Will you try and rescue me? <laughs> Uh, would you want me to come rescue you? I don't I mean, know. I feel like if you're driving well, your vehicle to Lake Thunderbird, then, you know, it's you and the tidy whities at that point. Is there a good ramp there where I could just jump it right in? <laughs> Hot rod You know style. what I'm saying, though? It feels like everything we've talked about. Well, surely, you know, the best SC can do is like 9-3. and three. That's top end. No, guess what? They're 11-1, and, and they'll probably be 12-1 and one after this weekend. 
It just feels like, for some reason, we have been made to suffer. What was it Brent said early on? Without a test, there's no testimony. This has been a test of the emergency sooner broadcast system this year is what it feels like. It's like, please let me out of this. But you know what I mean? What are you going to do if Muleshoe wins the whole thing? That's not happening, Steely. What if it does? It's not happening. Are you going to drive the Buffalo into Thunderbird right after Caleb Williams would have to summon Thor's hammer in order for USC to win a national title. It's just not (laughs) happening. I hope you're right. I'm going to record that. We know how this ends. We've seen this over and over and I over I hope again. so. I if hope USC so. If USC wins just, on Friday, we know exactly what is happening I, in the college football But here's playoff. the deal. I'm just telling you that I will not be able to handle it. I, I know will, you won't be able I to handle it. I will not be able to handle it. I, you, you know what? We will arrange a vacation for you. Okay. And potentially a lobotomy. <laughs> I'll take the lobotomy, actually. All right, we got a break. Nothing but your text. Give it up. 405-651-3439. All I'm saying, I don't think it's going to happen either, but there are a lot of things I didn't think that were going to happen this year that have happened out in L.A. and some things I didn't expect to happen in Norman that happened. And I will be needing a straight jacket if this continues down this path. I'm just saying. We'll be right back here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. All right, welcome back. Man, we followed up uh, Nirvana with Led Zeppelin. Good times, bad times, a lot of bad times this season. No doubt about it. 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Hour number one presented by Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. All right, from the 405 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Steely, I would rescue you from the lake, but you probably would have to rescue me first. Okay. Clearwater Sooner said, uh, uh, this will end with a mule shoe title. The way this season has played out, that is the only logical thing to believe. Hmm. Uh, Big Bod Wolf has uh, something for you, Parker, saying he hopes you're right. He just says, Parker, I really hope you're right. I don't know what that's about. I I really hope I'm right, too. It's Mm -hmm. nice to be right. Uh, But, yeah, it it really just would be – what is is the antithesis of a cherry on top if Muleshoe goes and by some minor miracle wins a national title? 
the entire state of Oklahoma might just shut down. Oh, gosh. Why, why has evil been allowed to prevail this college football season? Well, why is evil allowed to prevail in general, Steely? But, I mean, at this level, I, I just don't get it. I mean, maybe college football itself is evil now. Because we've gone NIL, we've gone portal, we may have an evil sport now. And evil people are going to rule that evil sport. Maybe that's what's going on. Brad from Bartlesville says, it will be hard to watch Friday. I hate seeing that smug fool's face. My wife would probably break something. Go Utes. (laughs) There was another word that Parker strategically avoided. Uh Yes, well done. I, I, I prefer not to toe the line with the FCC. The cherry on top would be Jackson Arnold decommitting. Don't even speak that evil. Uh, somebody said, oh, boy, Clark Stroud with Muleshoe on his shoulders at the end of the game. Don't, don't let it happen. What do we need to do to appease the college football gods? Who do we need to sacrifice? Is there an intern here? Not anymore. Okay. No interns. Hmm. All right. Well, could we get an intern? Before the playoff begins? In related news, other coaches that would destroy Mule Shoe in a cage fight. This listener says, I've seen Matt Campbell's wrath towards refs. He would definitely destroy Riley in a fight. Yeah, Matt Campbell played defensive tackle in college. Man, there's some wrath going on with Matt Campbell, no doubt. It's because he lives in Iowa. You'd be a wrathful person, too, if you lived in that state. Uh... Mac Brown on a bad hair day with a peg leg and an eye patch could take mule shoe. Yeah, somebody came up with a really good one, which is absolutely correct, that the three coordinators from Tulsa, Oklahoma State, and OU could all be in the playoff. The TCU coordinator, what's what's the guy's name from Tulsa? Joseph Gillespie. Gillespie, Grinch, Jim Knowles. Possibly, right? Wow. That's wild. That's wild. I didn't. I had not thought about that till now. Um, <laughs> Derek says Jerry Jones would destroy Lincoln. All he has to do is blow his two hundred proof breath on him, and he's out for the count. Uh, somebody said Lou Holtz would wax Mule Shoe's butt. That's slightly ambiguous, but okay. Uh, <laughs> Martha Stewart would take Mule Shoe to the garden and pound him into usable soil. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. How did this start? Did I start this? <laughs> yes, All I said this. was I would like to see that cage match with Mule Shoe and Pat Narduzzi. That's all I said. We, we received almost simultaneous texts saying, sacrifice the white buffalo. Yeah. Hmm. The lollipop kids from Wizard of Oz would stomp Mule Shoe. <laughs> uh, so- <laughs> Switzer would strut into the octagon with his fur coat and a cane and proceed to kick LR's rear. Never bet against the king in anything. That's that's this listener says it would be faster to count the coaches who could not take him in a cage fight. The answer is zero. The 918. I am proud to say I haven't watched a single down of USC football this year. There you go. You're uh, Trojan free. So anyway, 
Okay, um, next hour we have T.J. Eckert on. We're going to talk uh, Sooner football, of course, you know, transfer portal, college football rankings. Tulsa's looking for a new head football coach. You have uh, Bixby and Owasso coming up for the state championship. And uh, we'll talk to T.J. about all that stuff coming up on the Riverwind Casino Hotline at 1.35 today. Um what else is happening? Like I said, we have Thunder Basketball tonight, Paycom Center against San Antonio, 7 o'clock. Uh, Sooner men will play in Philly at the Wells Fargo Center against Villanova. That will be an 11.30 a.m. tip uh, coming up on Saturday. The OU women play tonight, Northwestern State of Louisiana at the LNC to take on the OU women. That will be an ESPN, ESPN Plus telecast, 6 o'clock tip time at the LNC. Want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour. We still got another hour to go. More of your texts on the way. 405-651-3439. And TJ Eckert next hour. Keep it here. Here we are talking for another hour, Steelman and Thune, Wednesday edition, home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network, good to have you with us, hour number two, as always, presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, exit 72, great deals to be had right there at the Seth Wadley Auto Group, cars, trucks, SUVs, pre-owned vehicles, all of them right there with a great guarantee of oil changes and engines for life on new use gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's a heck of a deal. All right. Um, back to the text line here in just a second. Bob Stoops again on the rush with Tyler and Teddy yesterday. Uh, you know, talking about still believing in Brent and what's uh, going on at the University of Oklahoma. Realizes 6-6 six and six is not uh, anywhere near fans' expectations or the coaches' and players' expectations. But Bob Stoops did say, he believes that OU will eventually start to make some plays to close games. A year ago, it wasn't. We were on the right side of those three, four point games, five point games. This year, we're not. Yeah. And I get, as a coach, and I get it, I, I would say, as Brent has said, we have to be a better as players and as coaches to make those two, three plays that change the game. So I'm not saying no one's taking responsibility and it's okay. What I'm saying is it's not that far off. And and if, and I know the, that dedication, the commitment of these coaches, that we'll get it right. Um, you know, they'll, we'll be able to make those two, three plays overall in a game that all the stop at the end of the game that wins it. No, a drop or something as a receiver that I catch the ball to touchdown changes, changes the score. Those kind of things happen to us in some of these losses. 
that I believe we'll be able to correct. In my eyes, it's everyone, I think, in my opinion, needs to relax. It's not as far off as everybody wants to say. That's become like a, a Tuesday fireside chat with Bob Stoops trying to calm everybody down uh, with Bob on with uh, Tyler and Teddy on the rush every Tuesday. Okay, uh, from Twitter DMs from OU Ronnie Steely, will the Sooners look into the junior college ranks to pick up players? And who is OU's greatest JUCO signee of all time? Well, they already got Kendall Dolby from NEO uh, in the defensive backfield. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is a pretty good JUCO, right, Parker? Ramondre Stevenson? Uh, when you get praise from Bill Belichick, that's that's pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. I'm trying to think of oh, you, Scott Case was a JUCO signee, if I'm not mistaken, and played in the NFL for with the Falcons. And I think later with the, the Dallas Cowboys, had a good, solid, long uh, career in the NFL. But I'm trying to think of other JUCO guys, but uh, the ones that are – the ones that are ringing a bell right now, obviously, Ramondre Stevenson and uh, Scott Case would be the two that I'm thinking about. And oh, the junior college ranks, not quite the same, maybe, Parker, as it used to be because of the portal. What do you think? Yeah, it's I mean, been de-emphasized, and the portal, the portal yeah. has a lot to do with that. Just because if you're looking for a plug-and-play option these days, you can go to the portal and you can find a guy – that's done it at the G5 level or, in some cases, done it at the right. P5 level. Yeah. So, for instance. I mean, the, instance. the greatest JUCO guy would be uh, Cam Newton, right? Got kicked out of Florida, went to Blinn Junior College, ends up at uh, Auburn, wins a national championship. There you go. Um, let, me, let me provide you with a pertinent recent example. C.J. Colden. Okay. Right? Last year, I would say if it were a decade ago, you get in a situation like you did this past offseason where you need another defensive back. Guys like C.J. Colden aren't going to be available. They're not going to be on the open market. So you'd look to JUCO for a guy like that. But why look to JUCO when you can dip into the transfer portal, find a guy that's played parts of four seasons of college ball at Wyoming, played exceptionally well, been the team's meal ticket on the defensive side of the ball, particularly in the secondary, and pick him up and bring him to Oklahoma. So that's the difference between the recruiting game a decade ago and where it stands today is that you're going to first look for somebody like C.J. Colden, who's excelled at the G5 or the low-end P5 level and can make that transition and be an immediate contributor in your program rather than looking to the JUCO ranks. Gotcha. All right, uh, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solution. Yeah, Josh Heupel was pretty good. Yeah, that's right. I f- completely forgot about Snow Junior College. Perion Winfrey, Josh Heupel, uh, Hollywood Hollywood Brown was a JUCO, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, as that's was right. Westbrook. Yeah. Um, wow. I forgot how many of you got from the JUCO ranks. I, yeah, I'm Alan sorry, Patrick folks. Patrick was a JUCO guy. It is um, old man short-term memory. It's not very good, you know. But yeah, but um, Torrance Marshall. Torrance Marshall. Yeah, you guys set me straight here. Thank you. Ben Powers recently was mm-hmm. a JUCO guy. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think in recent history, like within the last five, ten years, I think Stevenson has obviously been the most successful. 
well, I say that Hollywood Brown has had a pretty decent NFL career in his own right too. Yeah. Uh, right now, I think Ramondre Stevenson is the best of the bunch at the NFL level, but Westbrook's still hanging around, man. Damian Williams should have been a Super Bowl MVP. Hey, you're right, nine one eight. That's exactly right. Lane Johnson. Uh, Lane Johnson. Ah, there you go. See. We need the ref army to help me out in my old age. Yes, this is why we— Lane Johnson, wasn't he like a quarterback? He was a JUCO quarterback. JUCO quarterback and has become one of the best— No, no, no. I take it back. He was a high high school school quarterback, quarterback. JUCO tight end, and came to Oklahoma, switched to defensive end, and then ended up back at offensive tackle. So he switched positions a total of three times. (laughs) <laughs> this listener says, can you scrubs talk about who we are potentially targeting in the portal? Yes. Well, as uh, soon as you stop being a redneck, we'll start talking about it. <laughs> uh, Phil Lodeholt. Yes. Phil Lodeholt was a Juco guy. I've been, I've gotten the, ch- like. Lodeholt was, was? Yeah, he was. He was, I, he went to some Juco in like Colorado. Really? Yeah. Man, there are a lot more Juco guys at uh, Basil Banks, man. There you go. Back in the, uh. He was on the 78 team that lost uh, in Lincoln. I can still remember that Basil Banks got flagged for, like, unsportsmanlike conduct or something like that late in the game. But Perry on Winfrey was another good call. But you're just not going to see as many now because Dave Robertson, Dave Robertson, who replaced – was the guy who replaced Jack Mildren uh, the next season. I believe he was a California guy, if I'm not mistaken. As far as who OU's targeting in the portal, obviously no one is in the portal right now because the portal doesn't open for another five days. Chijoke on Yenigetcha. There you go. Nice um, pronunciation. Well done, sir. Um, that's one of the very first Sooners I can ever remember is Chijoke on Yenigetcha. Um, but as of right now, we know the Sooners are getting Jacob Lacey, the grad transfer from Notre Dame. Another name that I would watch and watch closely – is Shorter University tight end Kyle Morlock. Shorter University. Is yep. he like a 5'3 tight end or what? He's about six foot seven. Okay, so, well, that's that's good. No, he the university is shorter. Kyle Morlock is not. He is a rather large human being. Where is Shorter University? In Georgia. It's really? Division Two. Hmm. But Kyle Morlock has earned the attention of, I think, at this point, 25 or 30 different Power 5 institutions. I mean, he's got a laundry list of offers at the moment. And what's interesting there is that Kyle Morlock was once recruited to Jacksonville State University, unsuccessfully, obviously, but he was once recruited to Jacksonville State University by none other than J.R. Sandlin. How about that? There you go. Yeah, I agree with you guys. You would probably say that Lane Johnson has been the, the Sooners' best overall when you consider what he's done um, overall in terms of a JUCO guy. Man, I forgot how many OU JUCO guys there have been. A bunch. I need to go go see neurologist about short-term memory loss. Note to self, go see neurologist. Shane in Newcastle says the entire Texas Tech roster are JUCO guys. Well, that's because Tech is a junior college, basically. <laughs> I think that's the joke he was making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I got you. 
Uh, Saban got the top two DL guys in JUCO this year, says one listener. Yeah, Alabama also got the number one JUCO wide receiver in Malik Benson, who I believe is at Independence Community College. So, yeah, look, there's still there's still an avenue for JUCO guys to hit it big in the Power Five ranks. If Alabama's still going JUCO, other schools are always going to be going JUCO. Right. Man, I remember uh, JUCO used to be huge in college basketball, too, like Oklahoma. You know, I can think of they got Harvey Grant. They were in the running to get Larry Johnson, who went to was at Odessa Junior College, ended up at UNLV, being a great player, national champion, all-NBA guy. But uh, the Sooners uh, in hoops also, back in the day, got a good share of uh, junior college guys. All right, uh, thank you guys for helping out out there. You helped out a bunch a bunch man i was just drawing a complete the only one that was coming to mind was like ramondre stevenson and scott case oh yeah there are 75 others so thank you the ref army you guys you did it you you helped out immensely so i give mvp of that segment to the ref army All right, break time right here. Thanks again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. T.J. Eckert coming up here in about 20 minutes. More of your texts on the way. Theo Weiss made it official today. He is transferring. He is going in the portal. Jordan Mukes, the former Choctaw defensive back, also in the portal. The Sooners did get one in the portal. Of course, they are getting one in Jacob Lacey, the former uh, defensive lineman from Bowling Green, Kentucky, who spent uh, a couple years at Notre Dame. We'll be right back. Here we go into, again, our segment second uh, second segment of hour number two. I'm struggling today, man. Some's got me a little bit down. Thank you to the uh, Ref Army for uh, helping out an old man. What is the uh, brain medic medicine? Prevagen? I wonder if that works because I should have remembered uh, a lot more junior college guys than I did. You know, I kind of pride myself on my memory over the years, and that one just uh, completely failed me. That's not a good sign. Again... Go see neurologist soon. Another note to self right there. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439. T.J. Eckert is coming up in the next segment. I just got a message from a friend of mine. and Interesting because I was going to ask T.J. this question in the next segment, and we still will. University of Tulsa looking for a new head coach. What about... Kale Gundy. No. PC police got him? Is no, that it? I don't think it's going to be Kale Gundy. I think it's going to be old GJ. It looks like, but I'm just saying, you know, what about – it looks like it will be GJ Kenny. You're right. GJ. What an interesting name. GJ. That just does, mm-hmm. Somehow it doesn't roll off the tongue. It doesn't. You know, like, I feel like the reason you go with the two letters, PJ, 
JJ, TJ, mm-hmm. is because it just it's so easily pronounceable and rolls off the tongue. GJ just doesn't, which I find interesting. Yes. But, yeah, I feel like it'll be GJ Kenny at Tulsa. Let's see. 405's upset he called me a hillbilly. Uh, by the way, hillbilly, one word, not split into two. Oof. Steely's going grammar. I'm just Nazi saying, don't you. call in and call the scrubs. You know, if, if you do, put like, you know, JK at the end of it or LOL. Can you scrubs? LOL. Not in the mood for him. Just saying. I heard Chris Plank, the ire of Chris Plank, and I decided, you know what? That's a s- Gary Joe Kenny. Gary Joe. Prevagen only <laughs> works if you remember to take it, which is why my bottle is still half full. I don't know. Um, 405-651-3439. Somebody said, last night local news was calling for Kale to be rehired. You heard anything? Okay, local news was not calling for Kale to be rehired. There was one particular media personality who was calling for Kale to be rehired. And who was that? I missed that somehow. Can you name names? It was Dean. Really? Hmm. Well, look, Kale, great Sooner, good coach. Really good recruiter. You know, the Gundy family, big time. Uh, they've been super su- about as successful as you can get. Maybe the second family of uh, the state of Oklahoma behind the Selmans. But unfortunately for Kale, in this day and age, and I'm not saying I agree with it, I think Kale made a mistake. Made a mistake and paid for it. And like I said, the uh, – the grenade that he picked up, it was just, it, it was too, anytime you pick up a grenade, you should have thought, you know what, I shouldn't pick this up. I need to throw it now. But so, but I think Kale would be an excellent hire. He's he's going to land back in coaching somewhere. I'm being told it's not going to be with Muleshoe, that that would not be an option. But who knows, maybe in Stillwater. But the bottom line is, here's here's the unfortunate situation here. And like I said, for me, if I'm an AD at, at, at Tulsa, and it, it looks like it is going to be G.J. Kinney, right, as the favorite to replace Philip Montgomery. But I would, if I listened to Kale and looked, you know, him in the eye and he told me it was a huge mistake or whatever, I think he'd be a great hire. Unfortunately, the problem is so many people are going to use that incident in recruiting because recruiting is a low-down, dirty business in some instances, Right. So, but I, I hope Kale lands somewhere, and uh, he will eventually because he's too good of a coach and too good of a recruiter not to. One listener says BV's statement made Kale's return impossible. And yeah, that is yeah. pretty true. I didn't think the second text was uh, necessary, in my opinion, but, you know, that's just me. So, so I, like, I, I like how the local news is promoting, like, what if they have some kind of telethon to bring back Kale Gundy or something? <laughs> A telethon. Do telethons still happen? Is that still a thing? Uh, they do on PBS. They have their uh, year. It's all that. I got gotcha. you. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, I got gotcha. you. 405. My apologies. I'm not feeling well today, so I shouldn't take it out on you. <laughs> my, one, of my, one of my favorite things on this show is when Steely is mid-thought and then begins having a side conversation with a texter. I, I'm telling you, I'm out of it today, man. I don't know what it is. It started yesterday afternoon. I felt horrible after I left here yesterday. 
And I don't feel just like, I mean, it's not like I'm going to miss days or anything, but it's just, it's just, I just feel out of it today. I don't know what the deal is. Somebody said Kale could take over the Norman High program. They aren't winning much now. I don't know if Kale would want to do that. Who knows? I just told P. Lanz, look, Kale's made a lot of money. He's been super successful. You know, he's going to be fine. But I just hope if he wants to get into coaching again, and I think he probably would, he's still a young guy, that he lands somewhere and, and uh, gets into it because he's too good at what he does. Uh, and he'd be valuable on somebody's staff. Are you going to interview for the Norman High job, Steely? I don't think so. Too many skeletons in the closet. Really? Yes, a graveyard full. They open up the closet, and all the skeletons fall out for me. I guess he did date both an Aggie and a Longhorn. By the way, uh, from the 405, no, the Owens is the next family behind the Selmans. The Owens, definitely, when you talk about uh, Steven Tinker, that's pretty good, yeah. uh, Yeah, you're right. But the Gundys are way up there, there's no doubt. How about this question? This is addressed to me, but I'll let you answer it as well. Just for fun, if Roof was replaced as D.C., who would you target? What's your answer, Steely? Well, we talked about Jim Leonard yesterday, right? We did talk about Jim Leonard. But is because it's Brent's defense, and if he's going to be called, you know, can you bring somebody in of that stature? Like a Jim Leonard, right? Because he's been considered one of the best young coordinators on that side of the football for a while now. There's been a lot of buzz in the last couple days about Zach Arnett, who's currently the defensive coordinator at Mississippi State. Okay. Now, my answer to that question is I think the next defensive coordinator at the University of Oklahoma should be Brent Venables. I think Venables should be calling his own place. But – If you're going to bring in an extra coach, if you're just going to replace Roof man for man, I think Jim Leonard would certainly be my first priority, at least among guys that you could feasibly talk into coming to Norman. I think Jim Leonard is tops on the list for me. I like what the uh, 405 is saying. Why not just have Todd Bates be the D.C.? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Todd Bates has never called plays before. Brandon Hall has, mm-hmm. and so I've said before, I think if your hire came from in-house, uh, what this texture says, uh, this texture from the 402, uh, I think is exactly what I would do if you're trying to keep this thing in-house. Promote Brandon Hall to D.C. and bring back Brian Odom. I would love that. Coach. Brian Odom was kidnapped by an evil man and taken out to the West Coast against his will for the most part. No, no, not for the most part. It was against his will. <laughs> did he leave in the middle of the night, too? Like no, he early didn't. In the morning? He, he, he left didn't. like weeks afterwards. He didn't. Those who left under the cover of darkness will pay. One day after they win the national championship this year, one day they'll pay. No, I- Hopefully that won't happen. I don't begrudge Dennis Simmons because I know he didn't want to leave either. Right. What about Roy Manning? Mule shoe, Roy Manning Ranch. was like, all right, see ya. Thanks for the videos you did. Yeah, well, you know, Roy Manning didn't leave immediately either. He didn't he leave. He was still out doing in-homes. He was for, for both teams. Yeah. Yes, both schools. <laughs> Boy, that was a whole situation. What was it that happened? I remember. It the, was. Uh, remember? Because- oh, yeah, because there was an interview with uh, Damani Jackson. That's who it was. The five-star cornerback. 
uh, and Damani Jackson did an interview while Roy Manning was still technically on staff at Oklahoma where he talked about the fact that Roy Manning was recruiting him to USC. And that was how we all figured out, oh, Roy Manning is two-timing us. I know, and that was the night that OU Compliance sent out the uh, eyeball emoji and like 9 million people retweeted it. Yes, we got him. I remember the uh, the gift gifs that were out there like, who was the dude who announced, ladies and gentlemen, we got him for the government? I'm trying I, to remember. I but don't remember. That, that came through about five million times. Why would you leave USC for OU? We're 6-6, six and six and they are on the verge of the playoffs. Well, is, He's do an you Oklahoma think Brian Odom guy. wants to be at USC? I mean, I, listen, I, legend in Ada, Oklahoma. Here's, here's what I was told, and it makes a lot of sense when you understand the financial situation the USC was in. And just to pick one example of how dire the financial situation was in terms of the money available for an assistant pool after Muleshoe was hired, Alex Grinch took a pay cut from $2 million at Oklahoma to $1.1 million at USC. And that doesn't even factor in the astronomically higher cost of living in California as compared to Oklahoma. Yes, uh, Clark I, Stroud is living in a garage apartment like Fonzie above Mule, uh, right there above Muleshoe's uh, 12-car garage or whatever I wasn't given names. But I was told that three of USC's assistants were living together in an apartment. Oh, really? Wow. Do, 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 do. I am for the Odom scenario, but if Brent didn't keep him initially, why would he do it now? Did Odom leave because he was unsure that he was going to be yes. retained? Same reason so, Jamar Cain left. Yeah, Jamar Cain wanted to stay, too. And that's why. I mean, you can roll the dice and think, you know, maybe he keeps me, maybe he doesn't. And that, that's a big gamble, though. So, anyway. All right. Uh, break time right here. TJ Eckert's coming up next. The uh, text line. Well, they're pretty much the MVPs every day, these texts and our texters in the ref army. But today, no doubt, unanimous MVP of the show. Stay with us. We'll go to the Riverwind Casino Hotline, bring T.J. Eckert in next. T.J. Eckert joins us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Steel Man and Thune at noon, well into the 1 o'clock hour. T.J., we were just talking about uh, the Tulsa job, and there's a lot of speculation. G.J. Kinney, uh, what do you think about the possibility of, of Kale Gundy getting back into coaching? Because I had some people telling me, you know, Tulsa ought to hire Kale Gundy. And I said, I think it'd be great, but the problem is – in the world we're living in now, it's way too risky. Steve, I think I think Kale Gunny would be a, a fantastic hire here at Tulsa. Um, I've had a couple other people ask me the same question. Uh, obviously, been in the area for his, all, his entire career, basically. Well connected, recruiting wise, great recruiter in the area. Has worked under a couple of really good head coaches. Understands the game. Understands probably the uh, 
not maybe not to the full extent the management that goes into being a head coach, but has been around guys who have done it. Uh, I, I think he would be a fantastic hire. And but my my response to that is what you just said is that it would be a, a PR nightmare is not the right way to say it, but the public relations department would have to do some work uh, for that hire. There would be so many questions that would be asked. There would be so many uh, posts out there on social media from people not liking the hire. And, and no matter what we think of, of Kale Gundy, there's going to be those opinions out there. And so, unfortunately, I think that, that probably stands in the way the most as opposed to Kale Gundy's resume as a head coaching candidate. TJ, how surprised were you that Tulsa moved on from Philip Montgomery? Because obviously the results hadn't been there the last couple seasons, but you're only two years removed from one of the best campaigns in program history, that 2020 season, uh, obviously most remembered for everything that Zayvon Collins did for Tulsa on the defensive side of the football en route to a first-round NFL draft selection. But it's it's a difficult place to win football games. It's the smallest uh, Division One school uh, or rather the smallest FBS football school in right. the country. So did you feel like, I, I mean, what was your level of shock when the news broke Sunday that uh, Tulsa was going to be looking for a new head coach? Yeah, you know, Parker, honestly, he had one year left on his deal. Tulsa has historically not had much money in the pro, in, in athletics because of the limited resources and, as you mentioned, being the smallest school uh, playing football in the FBS. And so in terms of buyout, been difficult. Uh, you know, f- hiring Frank Hayes, well, and he resigned. That was the verbiage they used. But on the basketball program was kind of a surprise, too, just because of the buyout money that was required. And so he had one year left. Coach Montgomery had one year left on his deal. I, I kind of felt like finishing with two straight wins, going five and seven. Your quarterback, Davis Friend, has been hurt all year. He just brought in a new defensive coordinator, Gillespie's at TCU now, obviously. So I felt like there was enough we'll call him excuses to kind of go Montgomery's way to give him one more year to finish out his contract. That way it wasn't going to be as extensive for the university. Uh, and as you mentioned, Saban Collins goes in the first round of the Cardinals. Tyler Smith got drafted in the first round last year as an offensive lineman. So he's had a couple of first round draft picks and a number of other picks that have gone in the draft as well recently. So there's, there were plenty of things going in his favor. So I would say I was more surprised than not surprised. I don't. I think people were frustrated and ready for a new direction. I just thought maybe he would get one more year before that would happen. T.J. Eckerd with us on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline, 405-329-9000, a Wednesday edition of Steel Man and Thune at noon here on the uh, Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right, some of the names that you hear in connection with this job. Uh, G.J. Kenny, we talked about. Matt Wells, uh, who's an assistant at Oklahoma. Obviously, he's been a you know he's a Tulsa area guy. Been a head coach at Texas Tech. Justin Fuente was a Union legend. Joe Gillespie, you know, with TCU, uh, looking like they uh, have a great chance, obviously, to be in the playoff right now. You've got Seth Luttrell from Muskogee at North Texas. Uh, I've even heard what about Muleshoe Junior. Garrett Riley. <laughs> That's another name that people are kind of throwing around there, which I think is is kind of interesting. I mean. I don't know how much of a chance he has. It's probably the same issue that Joe Gillespie would have coming from TCU and that they're probably preparing for a playoff run. And so that, that would be kind of a hard coach to kind of sway um, from from TCU. I, so the names, I'll, I'll kind of run down some of the names that I've been hearing the most. The two that are on the top of the list have been Matt Wells and G.J. Kinney. I think those are probably 1A and 1B at this point. And then the problem with G.J. Kinney is the same problem that we just mentioned with TCU coaches is that 
GJ's preparing Incarnate Word for the FCS playoffs. Now, it's obviously not the college football playoff, but it's a big deal for FCS schools. And so uh, I would, GJ and the timing for him is, is kind of tough. I, for me, the favorite is Matt Weld. It seems like that, that's the one who I'm hearing the most about, the one I think that's got the, the great resume. GJ's only been a head coach for one year. Um, so there's probably a little sense of, you know, this might be his job the next time TU comes open, right? So feels like Matt Wells is the guy right now. He's got success at a non-Power 5 school, obviously, with Utah State. So that would be one. That, I think if I were to put a favorite on it right now, I would say uh, that, that it's Matt Wells. Uh, probably his job to say you no know, to. Another, another couple ones that have just kind of been thrown around that I thought were interesting, uh, Barry Odom was a name that came up that I thought was a, a, an interesting name just with his connections here in Tulsa. And then got him Holman Wiggins. I don't know how much we know about Holman Wiggins, but he's at Alabama yeah. right now. Uh, that Alabama now, and he spent time at Tulsa. So that's just kind of one that people are like, huh, maybe he'll get a phone call because, you know, you've been coaching under Nick Saban for a while now. So maybe he, maybe he gets a phone call and some interest. What do you think it takes to win at Tulsa, TJ? Regardless of who gets this job, what are they going to have to do to get this program to be a consistent winner in the AAC and in the group of five landscape as a whole? Part of what I think their success is going to come from, Parker, is nothing they can control, and that's from uh, teams leaving the American and going to the Big 12. I think the AAC becomes much more open now uh, with Houston and those guys heading out. I think, you know, they bring in, you know, North Texas is coming, Charlotte's coming. There's, there's, a, there's a bunch of, of non, I wouldn't call them competitive, but much less competition coming into the conference and you're leaving you're losing some of your best and so I think that helps whatever coach comes in next is that you you're kind of moving up the pecking order in the AAC without even coaching a game so that that helps uh the next one I think would be it would be more buy-in from the community and I think in order to do that you have to recruit Tulsa better uh that's one thing that coach Montgomery got some grief for is that there were constantly kids in the Tulsa area that were pretty talented that he would or that staff would just kind of I wouldn't say overlook but it was almost as if they thought well if they're good enough to go to OU or OSU or go to some other power 5 school why would we want to recruit them here and so that's kind of the vibe I would get every once in a while from from area kids and so I think you got to start there is you don't miss on kids from Tulsa um and not missing doesn't mean necessarily that they come to your school but that you put an effort in. I mean, you think back to, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs' brother, Isaiah Jacobs, the running back at Owasso, went to Maryland. Uh, I think Tulsa somewhat pursued him. But that's a kid you can keep in state. And now he's at any uh, uh, independence and is looking to move on from junior college. Like, that's a relationship you could have formed and had him here pretty easily. Took a while so, on Owen Ostrowski as well when he was committed yeah. to Army, and uh, Jerry is only one of the greatest Tulsa players of all right. time, and one of the greatest right. guys of all time, right? Yes. So there's so many there's so many examples of guys. They've done a pretty decent job with you know they got a kid named Nunu Campbell who's from Holland Hall and ended up committing to Tulsa, so they got him. They they have hit on some, but they've missed on enough to to see that. I think that's going to be a priority for the next coaching staff is not missing on Tulsa kids. All right. Sum up the Oklahoma football season for us. And, it, I mean, it, it just seems like, TJ, this has been a nightmare for Oklahoma fans. Not only do you finish 6-6, six and six, which I, I think a lot of people would have said, like, the floor for Oklahoma would have been 8-4, and four, maybe 7-5 maybe and five at the absolute worst. And not only that, you have your new arch enemy – 
you know, on the verge of having a spot in the playoff. And, of course, also almost having a lock right now to win the Heisman Trophy. I mean, just uh, give us your take on this. Well, not only the OU season, the whole state season was uh, was forgettable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, OU, OSU, and Tulsa all finishing at 500 combined, I think, is what the record ended up being, So, which is shocking given the success we've had in the state. I think you asked me, it might have been after the Texas game, I can't remember, I'm trying to rack my brain, what I thought their record would be, and, and or you said, is this going to bottom out? Do you think that the season's going to collapse? And, of course, I said, no, of course not. They're going to find a way. Dylan Gabriel will come back. He was out for Texas. They'll find a way to win games down the stretch. And then here we are talking about a, a 500 team. So it, it's crazy how it's happened. I, I think if we can really just kind of take a look, you replaced who you just mentioned, Caleb Williams, going to win the Heisman Trophy most likely with an, an above-average quarterback with Dylan Gabriel, and it's not a slight on Gabriel in, in the, at all. It's, it's the fact that you're replacing arguably the best player in the country with, with Dylan Gabriel. And so you think about some of the games that they won close last season that were, they were carried to by Caleb Williams. Now they don't really have that elite number one draft pick, Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback to carry him to win. So you go from, you know, there's a handful of one-possession games you might win if you had an elite-type quarterback at that position. And so... Uh, that's that's kind of how I've come to terms with six and six is you're you're the elite type quarterback away from winning a couple games and that's not and that's not me saying that all the games and losses were on Dylan Gabriel because Parker and I can attest we've been his biggest fan pretty much all season long on social media uh, but it makes a difference when you have a quarterback who can kind of will your team to a victory um, in close games and and they just didn't have that this season at the quarterback position he certainly kept them in games and gave them a chance. Uh, but, you know, there's too much to overcome sometimes on the defensive issues as well. All right, about 30 seconds. Uh, seems to me like Davis Brin could help somebody. He's in the portal, of course. I think that Davis Brin, uh, it sounds like some of the stuff going on in Stillwater, you know, may not have Spencer Sanders next year. I don't know. I think the mm-hmm. first phone call to Davis Brin would be from Mike Gundy. Yeah, I, I think that would be a good move, and who knows what's going to happen. The Spencer Sanders uh, stories floating around out there could be very interesting. TJ, we appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Thanks, Parker and Steely. Hey, I just saw on the text line, and we can do this when we get back, Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac passed away. That's not cool. So we'll have to play a Fleetwood Mac tune where she sang lead. There were many of them. Stevie, of course, was the Which best. Song? Uh, why don't we go with You Make Love and Fun off uh, Rumors. We'll okay. do that coming Sounds back. Good. All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Doug from Norman, I think he's going to take a pot shot at us. I'm just guessing. Potential pot shot. He, what he does is Doug will butter us up a little bit, and then he'll bus us. He'll butter us up and then back the bus right over us. We'll see when we get back. Stay here.
So, uh, Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac passing away at the age of 79. One of the greatest albums of all time. Rumors. Just classic. I mean, Stevie Nicks is my favorite female rock singer of all time, but Christine McVie, pretty good. I mean, uh, that album, all of the uh, band members, they, they were dating each other, and uh, they all were breaking up, and there was a lot of bitterness, even more than, uh, than the mule shoe bitterness that's going around here, and it created a great album. Great album. So Christine McVie, 79 years old, passing away. And uh, Fleetwood Mac Rumors, like I said, one of the greatest albums ever. And still, it's got to be like in the top five or so of best-selling albums of all time. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. All right, what's Doug have to say? I know, and I see Doug from Norman, and, and you know, Doug is very, uh, he, he will say something somewhat positive, and then he'll ease into a slow slam. Acerbic and incendiary are two words that Mm -hmm. might be used to describe this text from Doug and Norman. I don't know. Maybe it's karma. Maybe it's payback from the football gods. But I do know that nine months of juvenile ranting over the evil Lincoln Riley has resulted in one coach taking an 11-2 team to 6-6 and and another coach taking a 4-8 team to 11-1. Great culture change. But, hey, they look good wearing new suits. Maybe 62-page game plans covering all the quote-unquote details is not the culture we are looking for. And and that's got some merit right there. Is he talking about us being juvenile? Yes. Well, uh, Doug, I am going to continue to be juvenile, all right? I'm I'm nearly 60, but I'm going to – because I'm not going to be Ted Baxter reporting on all you football. You know what I'm saying? And Parker looked at me like, who's Ted Baxter? He has no idea. I do not have any idea. He, you know, I keep, for, I keep forgetting that Parker's like twelve, so I need to keep that in mind. But yes, I am going to juvenile. Hey, I'm going to continue to be juvenile. I've always been juvenile, and I will be juvenile until the day I die. Somebody said, "Is it eerie when someone younger than you passes away like that, Steely?" <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> I'm just worried that, man, I couldn't come up with more junior college OU guys. That's what I'm thinking. Jeez. Ramondre Stevenson and Scott Case. I There's know, your short I list. I pride myself on my, you know, that my memory, except for, you know, recent memory. But I'm going, like I said, the neurologist, you know what that means? In like six months, Parker, I'm going to be a blithering idiot. Some people might already think that I am a blithering idiot, but this will be full-blown blithering idiots. (laughs) Somebody said, Doug from Norman listens to Paul Feinbaum. So uh, so anyway, well, I mean, there are some people that may think, you know, a 62-page game plan might be a little much. I mean, you don't want to print War and Peace, do you? You'd rather have, like, you know, the Cliff's Notes version of the game plan, right? Because if I get a 62-page game plan, I don't know. How, we'd have to ask Teddy how many how many pages are in a typical game plan. Because if I'm picking up a Tolstoy game plan, War and Peace, I'm probably skipping over it a little bit. Just saying. 62 pages is a lot of pages. Like, to be honest, mm-hmm. even football guys are going to struggle to get through 
62 pages of a game plan. Like, where it is, Justin Broyles watches more film and studies harder and devotes more to his craft than anybody in that locker room. And I know that the Justin Broyles haters are going to crawl out of the woodwork right now. But, look, the fact that that guy has had a mediocre career in Crimson and Cream is not for lack of effort on his part. Mm -hmm. So give it up to him for that. But I find it hard to believe that even Justin Broyles is just – easing his way, breezing his way through 62 pages of game plan. That's a lot of literature. So, uh, to, 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 oh, man, I'm playing. Somehow I, I just missed your text. I'm sorry. I think Lauren Montgomery would be very interesting. That's that's for sure. From Tulsa. Bixby? The jump yeah. from Bixby? Hey, you yeah. know what? Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Jerry Faust did it from Cincinnati Moeller. To Notre Dame, and that worked out, well, not so good. Uh, by the way, somebody's saying, uh, remember, you thought Dire Straits was the Moody Blues. Again, that's not true. That ain't true. <laughs> the editor who put it out there is garbage. What happened? We were coming back. He was playing Walk of Life by Dire Straits. I know Dire Straits. I know Mark Knopfler. I know he plays with his thumb rather than a pick. You didn't know that, did you? And... I said, welcome back on a Tuesday afternoon, which is a great song by the Moody Blues, by the way. I didn't say that was a, I mean, okay, I'm just saying. I would not make that mistake. I'll make a lot of mistakes, but I would never mistake Dire Straits for the Moody Blues 918, ever. Just saying. Parker, I'm getting worked up today. I know. Everybody's making fun of your memory on the Air Comfort Solutions I text line, know. too. You've, you've opened the door. Somebody said, good news is that in six months, Steely won't even remember who Mule Shoe is. Could be. I hope not. I hope not. All right, folks, we got to get out of here. We appreciate it. Hey, you guys, seriously, on the text line today, awesome. Really good. Saved me a couple times. I'm going to need saving. It looks like more and more, so I appreciate that. But... I also want to thank our friends <clears throat> at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley. Great deal on a car, truck, SUV, or a pre-owned vehicle. Great guarantee oil changes on new or used gas or diesel for life. That's unbelievable. Stay tuned. We are getting locked in next here on The Ref.